victims, for those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. If I'm not mistaken, I see a, I see a gorgeous Native American over here. Oh, it's Kevin Nez from the MacNez Podcast and East Society. I think is that you, Kevin? You know it, man. What's going on, guys? We're just uh, having a great time, man. Meeting up with people, getting lots of autographs, spending tons of money for sure. What, what are you doing? Mostly on alcohol. <laughs> I spent. Uh, I don't know. I don't even want to look at the bill. Uh, I know I got movies. I got T-shirts. Um, a couple autographs. Got, got a few interviews, which which I'm hyped about. Uh, whoa! Thank you. I'm gonna throw that on all, all on my next episode once I get home and put it all together. But uh, oh, oh, and uh, we'll we'll see. But um, I had a good time today. Uh, I did go to go outside and take a little breather because I was burnt out from yesterday. Yeah. And uh, but it, I almost fell asleep for like maybe ten minutes. But it was so hot outside. I just woke me up and I came back in. And uh, sleep outside? Yeah. I didn't like care. On a bench? No, I went and sat in the car. Oh. <laughs> you should have went and sat out by the pool. Oh. oh yeah, they got a pool here, man. Oh. We are in a hotel. But I had a good time, man. I saw a lot of caught a lot of cool things, met a lot of cool new people, and uh, we got one more day of this. <laughs> so, what what would be your advice to anybody who has never been to the Texas Frightmare weekend before and wants to come for their first time? How, how should they approach it? What should be the battle plan? Bring water. Bring a lot of money. Uh, bring snacks because uh, the little snacks they had here are super expensive. You might as well be buying them at the airport. Um, mostly money. Yeah, mostly money. Um, luckily, I did all that overtime, so I did have money to spend. <laughs> um, and just wear a nice pair of good walking shoes. Uh, I'm glad I bought a brand new pair because my feet feel good. They're not as bad. And um, this con isn't actually that big uh, compared to the giant ones that I go to, San Diego, New York. But you do got to have a good pair of walking shoes. And don't be one of those people that, get mad, that gets mad when people bump you. Because every few feet you go, someone's bumping into you. So, I mean, I, every time I bump someone, I said, excuse me, but everyone else never said nothing to me. So, it's but, crowded. There's only so many things you can do, man. <laughs> yeah, but everything I saw was cool. I mean, uh, I definitely want to come back next year. Uh, I hope the uh, Padded Room, yeah, the Padded Room podcast guys get to come. Uh, I know they always want to. And uh, hopefully uh, Brian can come down next year as 
well as uh, Big Jesse and uh, the Hellbilly. That'd be awesome if, if all of us were here. Yeah, that would definitely be be good, man. So I I know that I bought a let's see I bought a Malcolm McDowell autograph. Uh, my wife's bought about seven or eight comic books for the kids. It's bought a whole bunch of artwork. You found some uh, some artwork, didn't you, babe? Yes, lots of fun artwork. So we we got a lot of lot of good goodies for all the little ones. We got a lot of goodies for ourselves. Uh, we got a uh, you got an autograph too, didn't you, from Opie from uh, Sons of Anarchy? I got to touch Opie. That's all that matters. <laughs> Philip, what about you guys, man? What did I got to touch Opie too? He had soft hands. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, a real thug, huh? <laughs> Philip, what did what did you pick up, man? What'd you spend your money on this weekend? Uh, man, I got a a record from uh, Doyle from the Misfits, um, and then I, you know met some met a few people. Malcolm McDowell. Uh, we did a, a D. Uh, we did an interview with D and E. G. Daly. Guys are just super cool, man. That's 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 been my highlight. All, all of 31, man. I have a new respect for that movie just because all the actors are cool as shit. All right, well, Brian, we know you're listening, baby, because you're on the podcast with us, and I think 31 was one of your bottom five of the, of the year last year. But uh, <laughs> hey, we have a new respect. We, we want you to we want you to watch the movie again. Maybe you'll feel differently now. It's an acquired taste. All right, it's it's cheesy and it's Rob Zombie and it's like slasher 70s shit, but it's 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 got it's cool. <laughs> All right, Kevin, any final thoughts, man? Yeah, as well as me for 31. When I first saw it, I was kind of like, eh, that's it. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I, it was like, it, it was There's a lot going on here. Yeah, it, it was okay, man. I uh, didn't, it wasn't what I wanted it to be, but after meeting uh, a lot of the the sex head, sick head, uh, doom head, um, what were the other ones? Death head. <laughs> yeah, death, so death head. Skids, all, well, all of them, pretty much. All of the heads. They're, yeah. all, they're all heads. Yeah, all the heads. Um, I am going to definitely give that uh, movie another watch. Uh, I had an awesome conversation with uh, Poncho Moeller. He was really cool. Talked to him for like a long time. Uh, forgot to pull out my recorder. <laughs> hey, but hey, man, it's all right, man. He said a lot of good heartwarming things. And uh, we talked a lot about skateboarding and everything. So um, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely give it another watch. And I'll probably look at it with different eyes after meeting all those guys and realizing how fucking cool all of them were. I also met Rob Zombie at Comic-Con. And he was pretty cool, too. So, um, yeah, when I get home. I'll definitely get a, get a, get a watch. Uh, Poncho Moller signed my Blu-ray, so I was pretty stoked about that. All right, cool. So you heard it here. So meeting up with Kevin, we will be back with more updates on the Horror Returns. Hey, uh, hey, Philip, uh, check it out, dude. I, I think it, I think it's Ricky and Danny from the Helming Power Hour. I could be wrong, but isn't that them? What the fuck is it? We'll, we'll talk about stabbing him later. Uh, hey, how's it going? No, EG, no. I can't go out with you. I'll talk to you later. Uh, <laughs> 
while he's trying to hook up with EG Daily. That's you can't blame him for that. All right. <laughs> but I, I don't know why you guys are here. Aren't y'all supposed to be back in 1985 or something like that? Well, they kicked us out in 1985. We were taking their best media and doing all kinds of awful stuff to it. It really comes down to Duran Duran. We kind of had a lawsuit with them, so we had to build another time chicken and get away, and unfortunately, it just dropped us here. Well, here, here's the thing. I saw a chicken running around here. Is that the time oh, chicken, or is that a different chicken? That's that's him. Was it wearing a hat? He has to wear a hat. Oh. And we're going to get him little shoes. It's going to be adorable. <laughs> I'm a little worried about what's going to happen for the rest of the night. <laughs> well, well, listen, I think everybody that listens to our show knows about you guys, but why don't you tell everybody where they can hear your show? Well, of course, with the uh, Hailming Power Hour, you can Google that. I'm sure it'll bring up all kinds of... Just Google it, you bastards. Right, right. So you can find us on Legion Podcasts and iTunes, on, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Stitcher. your mama. <laughs> Google Play. Google Play, your mama. Right? You can find it anywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. SoundCloud, yo. Yeah. YouTube, yo. And let me ask you this. Who is your sponsor this week? <laughs> Did we come up hold with on, one? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, we got one. We got one. We, we, we do. Um, it's a coffee company. It's a relatively new startup. Uh, now, we're not, we're not talking coffee enemas, are we? Not coffee enemas, although Sam Jackson has done their... Uh, I can't find it. It's gone. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Mother Parker's... Or it's Martha Parker's? Martha Parker's. It's Martha Parker's... Uh, coffee. Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. You want some Mother Parker's coffee? You want some coffee? Martha, Martha Parker's. You want some fucking Martha Parker's? Yeah, so um, they should be storming the coffee industry soon. And also don't forget about the A-Team Plumbing Company. We pity the stool. <laughs> I feel like there's something in, in my way, so I should probably say things. Thanks to you. Hello. All right, cool. Well, it's good running into you guys. Maybe we'll catch up with you again tomorrow or Sunday at the Texas Frightmare Weekend in Dallas, Texas. It's been lots of fun. We'll awesome. make sure to, to hit you up then. All right. All right, cool. Don't lose those kilos that you're supposed to drop off, okay? <laughs> Greetings, listeners. You have found The Horror Returns. For all of you who delight in dread, fantasize about fear, and glorify gore, welcome home. This is the podcast that proves that the horror never ends. And instead of our usual uh, reviewing a new film and an older film, uh, we're bringing you a special one-off episode here. It's uh, sort of a bonus episode, if you will. Uh, we're going to think we'll probably call this one Texas Frightmare Weekend Celebration. And, it's a uh, celebration, bitches. <laughs> yeah, even, uh, four-letter words. Even Jesse Pinkman <laughs> showed up. Yay, all right. <laughs> Uh, so Philip and I have spent some time out there at Texas Frightmare. Um, Brian, you you weren't able to go with us, but you uh, man, you worked your ass off behind the scenes, getting the interviews set up for us, um, doing a lot of uh, Twitter stuff on Twitter, a lot of stuff on Facebook, really promoting and getting us out there, man. So our hats off to you, Brian. I know it's a long way down here from Alaska, brother, but thank you for everything you've done, man. Uh, you guys, you guys did your end down there. You guys were. Uh... Uh, making some contacts, meeting a lot of people down there. Yeah, we had a we had a good time. I mean, uh, Philip, get get it get it rolling, man. What was what, what what was the what was the cool of the convention, man? Ah, that is a a good way to start. The cool of the convention. Um, I gotta go, Saska sisters. 
<laughs> How can that not be the cool of the convention? Uh, they were, uh, they came it, after on Saturday night, they all came out to the bar. Um, we saw just celebrities walking around everywhere. Keith David, uh, just like walked up to me and shook my hand. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> Keith, just that's out Keith, of the blue. Keith David, not David Keith folks for, for the, for yeah. the guys playing the horror returns drinking game at home. <laughs> the good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we walked right up to the Saska sisters table and, uh, we were just kind of standing there waiting to talk to them, which I'm sure looked totally awkward. They were mid conversation with, uh, like the guys from Friday the 13th five or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and so they were in the middle of a conversation because I think they're working on a movie together or something. And, uh, they, they saw us just hanging out and they were like, Hey guys, what's up? And, like came and gave us hugs. We talked to them for like ten minutes and just hung out at their table. They took pictures, everything, man. They 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 walked away from going to hang out with Malcolm McDowell to come back and hang out with us. Like they nice. were definitely the coolest people there. Well, I man, I can't argue. I can't argue with you on that at all, man. And they were just you know so so real and down to earth, which is awesome. Talking about giant it's cats, super hot. <laughs> talk, hey, talking about giant cats, uh, let's see, they talked about, one of them uh, was worried about being pursued by Ron Jeremy. We talked a little uh, at one point and they had to be chased away. We talked some American Mary. We talked some Elevator. Uh, talked a little bit about what, what, what they had coming up next. It was it was a lot of fun, but I think my cool of the week goes back to the to the dude that they uh, that they went over to, to, to talk to and then ran back over and and, uh, and and talked with us and that's the the man himself Malcolm McDowell that was uh, definitely a high point getting an autograph and meeting up with him was definitely a high point of the trip for me definitely the big name of the convention did you Sir, get your Funko autographed uh, you know what I got the Funko given to me afterwards and I oh, there's a story about the poster that I've got for Clockwork Orange because I searched high and low I looked in every closet in my house I've got a Clockwork Orange poster I probably bought like 20 years ago. Uh, couldn't find that thing anywhere, so we get. And I was telling AJ, I said, "Well, nah, I'll just pass on getting the autograph then. If I can't find the poster, I, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it." But we get there. He's like the very first person you see when you walk into the first room, and uh, yeah, it was going to happen. He had he had a replica of the poster that I had in a smaller size that I was able to get autographed that I'm still going to get framed. So. Uh, cool. And and you gotta admit, Philip, if it wasn't for his fucking agent. <laughs> oh yeah, we'd absolutely had a Malcolm McDowell sign sound bite, man. I all of them had agents, and we had to like dodge them to get them to to speak to us. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the little the little trick, the little secret that we learned here. So we got we we were able to get. Uh, probably about half the people or close to half the people that we we approached were able to to if not talk to us outright and give us an interview we you know we at least got a soundbite for the uh for the podcast but um you you kind of start to look at if they're like near a handler or an agent or something like that um i don't know phil maybe next time one of us should try to get the attention of the agent or something like that and the other one should should move in for the kill or something yeah i guess uh 
I, you know, a lot of the bigger name guys, and I maybe it's just because they're busy all day. But I feel like if we're, you know, buying some overpriced autograph, because oh my god, who wants to pay that shit? But you get caught up in the moment, you know. But if we're paying for it, I think they could give us a sound bite too. But apparently, they're not allowed. So yeah, well, definitely see if we can divide and conquer. <laughs> uh, it was definitely a case by case basis, and I think I think all the ones that. For the most part, all the ones that uh, that wouldn't give us a, a soundbite, they, they had a good reason for it, you know, I mean, under contract yeah. or something like that. It made sense, so right. we certainly didn't may, uh, hold it against anybody. It may have been a, a, an excuse, but at least it sounded good. <laughs> um, well, Brian, look, you weren't there, so why don't we do the show this way? Why don't Why don't you kind of um, live vicariously a little bit through our experience and um, ask us what you want to ask us, man, like – who are some people that uh, that you would have wanted to make sure you went out of your way to see while while you know you were there? What were some of the things you wanted to see at the vendors? You know, maybe we can kind of give you some insight into what we what we, what we got into, man. Well, uh, the one thing I really wanted to ask you guys was, uh, did you guys uh, make it to any of the panels, like the Fright Night or the Friday the Thirteenth or any of those, Philip? Uh, yeah, we saw a couple of them. We uh, we were a little slow to start on the panels thing. I think just because we were so star starstruck and walking around and seeing everything that was there. But we did make it to the uh, the Bates Motel panel, uh, mostly because we're doing the uh, Bates Motel uh, season five overview uh, next week, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it. I yeah. think it's, it's gonna be uh, on the air within about a week of when people hear this. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a bunch of extra stuff to put on that episode. Uh, plus, it was a whole lot of fun, man. Those guys were really cool. Um, and then we did uh, the Rob Zombie 31 uh, panel, uh, mostly because they all gave us little sound bites and interviews and stuff. We probably got more things from uh, Rob Zombie's folks than anybody else. Uh, and then uh, we... The Fright Night panel came right after the Bates Motel panel, so we missed that one. Uh, I think that's about all we saw, huh? Did you go to that uh, Suspiria panel? No, I I didn't. Um, I really wanted to go to the Thing panel, but that's the one that we were we were running a little bit late Saturday morning with. uh, Oh yeah, breakfast. See here, here here's one thing we would definitely do different next year, Brian. Is you be really aggressive to make sure we get a room at the actual uh, Hyatt Hotel where the event takes place. Okay. Oh, yeah. Definitely um, recommend doing that. Yeah, we both ended up staying at different hotels. Like, ours was right across the way from it, but, you know, right across the way in the middle of the airport is still a – DFW Airport is is, is still, <laughs> a th- you know, a 30-minute ordeal to get from one to yeah. the other. and. Um, there's a limited number of places where you can eat and stuff like that. It, I think the way they did it over there at the at the Hyatt Regency where the the event took place at, for breakfast, I think I think they had the right idea to do the um, the buffet because that way you're just yeah. kind of in and you're kind of in and you're out, you know. Well, um, and because they had so many people and they were ready for that the Hyatt Regency man, they had everybody was dressed up. It was. Like, if you were coming in there and you didn't know that this horror festival was going on, you would be freaking out walking through the door. <laughs> what is wrong with all these people? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, <laughs> man. Literally Satan just walked by me. 
Yeah, it was uh, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, shout, shout out to to the Hyatt Regency big time. I mean, that's they yeah. th- these guys know what they're doing, and you know, obviously, big shout out to Texas Frightmare. I mean, you know, there's a couple of um, guests that certain people wanted to see that canceled at the last minute for you know reasons because they had work to do. You know, things come up. Right. It's just like our, any any other real human being. You know, you've got shit happens as they say. So um, that. That kind of stuff's going to happen, but I thought they handled it really well. I know in addition to having signs up everywhere, they – I know I got an email. Did uh, Phil, did you get an email about the two Walking Dead stars that weren't going to make it for Sunday? Um, I was just cruising the website to try to see what the schedule was, and I happened to see that one. And uh, so, yeah, the, the Walking Dead people, except uh, – what's her name, Pollyann? Pollyanna McIntosh was there. Yeah, she was there. Um, and then all of the uh, – Oh yeah, Stranger, Stranger, Stranger things. things. Yeah, the, none of the Stranger Things guys came. I think I don't know if they had some sort of scheduling conflict or what, but they all dropped out. Yeah, I think leading <laughs> up to it, it, it seemed to be like just one right after another was dropping out. Oh right. yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember those kids uh, cancel. I think. I think the uh, eleven cancel first, and then the rest kind of followed suit not too long after that. But um, yeah, I mean, I. I think they did the best they could with what they had to work with. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, Brian, I knew I know you would have wanted to go to the thing panel for sure. Oh, absolutely! And I was really hoping to re- uh, record it just for you, man. But uh, sorry, dude. <laughs> we got a, like I said, we got a little late start that that particular day. Um, I mean, we'll learn a lot. We've learned a lot, that's for sure, right, Phil? I mean, we'll do a lot of things differently next time. Beers are so expensive. That's what I learned. Oh, the beers? Oh, I've got, a, I've got an idea for that, but we're going to talk about that off air. <laughs> Says you. All right. What, what else, What else, Brian? What, uh, um, how, how were the vendors? Did you guys pick up any, uh, any like, T-shirts, posters, uh, movies, or anything? That's all there is there. All there is to do there is buy a bunch of shit that you don't need. So <laughs> that's what we did, man. We walked around and bought a bunch of shit we don't need. <laughs> right. Let's see. Let me let me try to think of what all we they had. I mean, obviously they've got, you know, the typical T-shirts, figurines, things like that. Um, yeah. I was kind of surprised to see a tattoo artist there. Oh yeah, he was cool as shit too, man. Like uh, we we bought a print from him. And uh, he like autographed the back of it and everything. He was some some Hollywood horror tattoo artist or something. Like I saw um, uh, Richard Blake grab oh, yeah. him in the hall and, and took a picture with him. Speaking of Richard Blake, I, I, I gotta I gotta say something about this this dude, man. This is uh, one of the guys that <clears throat> I actually reached out to him pretty early on, and uh, actually I didn't even reach out to him. I, I reached out to his agent and. Richard personally sent me an email and, um, you know, said, you know, these, these things get hectic. We'll do the best. Try to swing by kind of late Saturday. So we actually went by there. I think, well, <coughs> first thing we did, Phil, is we, we went, we had to go by and, and give, uh, and give, and give D Wallace a big hug, didn't we? Oh, yeah, man. D Wallace gave us a great interview. Thank you so much, Brian. She looked like she was super cool. She definitely was. Yeah, really, really sweet. And she gave us like 30 minutes for an interview over Skype. So we'll definitely play that. 
that's coming on this episode, right? Uh, yeah, actually, this that's going to be at the end of the episode, folks. And the good awesome. thing about yeah, the good thing about that is that um, it, that's right. We did it way we did it way before the well, what about three days before the conventions, and so that's why you're going to kind of hear us talking in the future tense when we're discussing. Frightmare, so just kind of theater of the mind, folks. Remember that when you hear that at the end of the interview. But um, that was definitely the right way to do it because we were able to get to get 30 minutes uh, with relative quiet. Uh, there was a little noise in the background from where I was recording. That's my fault, uh, folks. Sorry about that. But uh, we will definitely play that at the at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, after that, I think we went by and saw the 31 guys and. Uh, talked with all of them and, and did uh, did a pretty good interview with the one and only Richard Brake. All right, so the moment the moment you've all been waiting for. We're here with Richard Brake, obviously Doomhead and Thirty One. Uh, Richard, what was it like working with Rob Zombie? I was just talking to this. Uh, I love working with Rob. He's by far my uh, favorite director. Um, I've said that many times, and I stick by it. There's no one better than Rob. And what he does, I think, more than anything else, is he makes everybody excel beyond anything they could imagine they could do. I'm not talking about just actors, like the producers, the people who might be there helping out for the first time on a film, you know, assisted runners, etc. Everybody is like, excels beyond anything they could do, and that's why his films are so great. He's got a real talent. You've done on Game of Thrones. We got to ask you about that. Is it heavy makeup or is it mostly CGI? How hard is that to get ready for? Uh, that's all makeup. The CGI, the only CGI is on the eyes, basically. And they and I wear contacts that are the biggest you can put in a human eye. But then there's CGI on top of that. But otherwise, that's six hours of prosthetics to take on, and then about two hours to take off. So we noticed you have a new movie coming out called Dare, which looks very interesting. But can you say anything about it at this point? Uh, only that it's terrifying. Um, the script itself was probably one of the most insane scripts I've ever read. And uh, I play, once again, a very unpleasant human being. <laughs> And believe it or not, not the worst in the whole film. There's somebody worse than me. So that tells you how bad it is. And that's what we like to see. So I've got one question for you. Is there anything that you're very passionate about or anything that means a lot to you that you'd like to talk about? The floor is yours, Richard. <laughs> you threw me off guard on that one. It's a lot of things, a lot of things. But, you know, maybe the, what's going on at the White House right now. That's one of them. And so that was our yeah. Richard, that was our Richard Brake interview. Uh, he spent spent a little bit of time talking to us. Obviously, you can tell the guy's got a sense of humor. He was uh, not at all like Doomhead in real life, was he, Phil? No, no. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> we asked him to to do some stuff in the Doomhead voice, and he was like, "Oh man, you got it. You're asking me to get into a big character here, <laughs> <laughs> right?" <laughs> it's like, that's cool. We'll give you like 10 minutes and, and you just, you think about it and then we'll come back and finish it up. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, he was, no, he was super cool. He, uh, he was, he was very relaxed and chill and easy to talk to. Um, I, and even like we went up to him a couple of times in the beginning because we had already contacted him and he's like, ah, it's a little hectic right now. Why don't you try back, um, later on Saturday. And so we came back and he was just, Ready to do it, man. Did a little interview with us. Gave us the sound bite. Uh, he was he was super awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Also plays the. Uh, I mean, I know everybody that's listening to the podcast knows who he is, but just in case, also plays the uh, head White Walker guy in in, in uh, Game of Thrones. The night, the so. Night's King. There you go. Just in case you don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was kick ass. Super nice guy. Yeah, and so we already talked about Malcolm McDowell, who was there, but we also met uh, Torsten Voges. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> he was he was pretty intimidating looking. Um, Deathhead. Uh, uh, that's right, <laughs> Deathhead. We met, uh, talked to Jeff Jeff Daniel Phillips a little bit. Uh, David Urie. <laughs> David Urie. Jeff Daniel super- Phillips blew us off because he's a jerk. <laughs> He's a jerk because he's a jerk. He was like, it wasn't anything special. <laughs> he was just like, uh, yeah, I'm kind of busy right now, but this guy will talk to you right here. And, uh, and, and gave, <laughs> and so he said, he sent us over to get another interview so that he didn't have to do it. <laughs> hey, how cool was, uh, Poncho Moeller, man? Pancho Moeller was awesome. Yeah, he gave us a little soundbite. Um, we listened to him in the panel. He was super charismatic, had a lot of funny stories. Uh, he seems like a really down-to-earth guy, you know, for mm-hmm. somebody who played a, like a Nazi little person, Spanish-speaking psychopath. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think Kevin got a um, few words with him, too. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. Uh, they're, bo- they're both skateboarders. Yeah, I did not know that until um, I had seen uh, um, stuff he had posted on uh, Facebook. I didn't know he used to be a pro skateboarder. Yeah, I didn't either. I, Kevin said he actually skated with him one time. That is fucking cool. No kidding. Yeah, um, speaking of fucking cool, uh, yeah, David Yuri was pretty good. And uh, we see you guys may have seen him in Breaking Bad. He was a character named Spooge for a couple of episodes. Do y'all remember that? Oh, yeah. He was the one that uh, that that Jeff sent us over to. Well, he, was a cool he was like, "Hey, but Jeff will do it for you." And he was like, "I'll do what?" Well, I'll put it to you this way: he was he was so cool that I brought him a beer. How about that? Yeah, I said, and he was the only one we brought a beer for. Man, he gave yeah. us our first soundbite. Absolutely, and I asked him, "Hey, uh, uh, you know, David, are you allowed to?" Hell yeah, give me that beer, man. That's <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> he was cool. Um, he was funny. Too. And then Meg Meg Foster, but I think you'll you'll talk about her a little bit more in the panel discussion, right, Philip? <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about before we get to to Meg. I want to talk about how awesome E. G. Daly was, who played Sex Head. Yeah, uh, and that's our other interview. Was, yeah, that's our other interview. We had uh, we had her set up um, uh, prior to going out there, and she just. Stopped everything that she was doing. Her phone was ringing off the hook or whatever, and just came and gave us her full attention, was talking to us for um, I, probably 10, 15 minutes or so. And uh, I, I, even some of it that wasn't actually on the interview, she was just kind of hanging out. All right, so here we are at The Horror Returns. We got another interview. This time we're with the, the famous E.G. Daly. Uh, E.G., I'm kind of an old guy, so I remember you from uh, Better Off Dead. Yeah. The song, I'd be better off dead than to then, live without you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'd be better off dead. Yeah, good one. Valley Girl? Valley Girl, you yeah. That one? Of course I remember that one. <laughs> and of course, Your who could... Your mom's so cool. <laughs> who could forget the lovely Dottie? Hey, we, can we go to the drive-in? Oh, Rugrats. I 
together do you go? <laughs> All right, so EG, how have things changed in the industry since those beautiful days of the 80s? I think things are just, is that for me? So how have things changed from the 80s till today uh, in the industry? Things from the 80s till today, I would just say, um, uh, it just seemed like they were, I don't know, it just seemed like, uh, uh, what's the difference now? It just seems like work's a little bit different now. It's like you have to reach out and try different things all the time now, because it just seems like in the 80s it was endless movies and these really sweet little different kinds of movies. Now it just seems like... Uh, it just feels a little bit different. You have to read for everything. Yeah, you definitely have to read. I mean, some things they just offer me. That's cool. Yeah. So, so we recently saw Thirty One, and yeah. you were a sex head. Yeah. What was what was it like working with Rob Zombie? Because we've interviewed some other people that have worked with him, and so we want to hear what yeah. you have to say. You know, I yeah. So I did Devils with Rob, and then we did uh, Thirty One, and he's just a really cool guy. Like I'd never met him before, and he just cast me. And for the first movie, they just called, and he just offered me that role, uh, Candy, and then. Uh, uh, and then all of a sudden, ten years later, I get a call for Sex Head, and he knows exactly how he wants to cast you. Like he literally like has pictures drawn before you get cast of how he, you know, you as the character. Like I was like, that picture looks like me, and then I get this call, it's me. They cast me. So he's really like very specific about like this is Torsten, and Torsten plays my boyfriend, Sex Head. Death head. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome, and I love him. So yeah, we just we had a blast, and Rob just knows what he's doing when he picks. Well, like you said in the movie, what's coming next is sex and death. Yeah. And isn't that life? Sex and death. Yeah. Just such a departure from a, a lot of the voice acting things that you've yeah. done. Yeah, especially when you go from Tommy Pickles to right. sex head. Like what? <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. How do you, how do you get your mind ready for that? You know what I mean? It's like Tommy's, you know, Tommy's this little kid, he's a little boy, and then you got Tyler, Sailor, you know, you got Sex Ed, who's, who's that? Answer. And then it's like, who's that? Like, oh my, sorry, I'm getting tons of calls. Oh, no. So, yeah, so like, they're just different people. Like, everybody's different. So, people are like, why do you do like a kid thing and then an adult thing? And I'm like, I just am a vessel for art, so I do what I do. And then I let everybody, like, the moms watch their kids from watching this stuff. It's not appropriate. And I, you know what I mean? I just, I just be the artist and the vessel for creating art. And then the parents take care of their kids and what's safe for them and not. Because I'm a mother, so I like my kids to be safe too. But my job as an artist is to do as many beautiful things or impacting things as I, I want to do. Totally different character for each role. Yeah. Why not? I'm also with these guys, so I'm, I'm not just standing here. Uh, my name is Nez from the Mac Nez Podcast. I only have one question. What is that? And it is about Valley Girl. Yeah. I grew up and I yeah. love that movie. I also yeah. did an episode on it. Yeah. Um, doing that, or do you, do, first of all, do you still keep in contact with any of them? With the Valley Girls? Yes. Every once in a while I hear from Deborah on social media. Heidi Holliker and I went out to dinner recently, like maybe within the month. So I see her. I saw her at a Valley Girl screening. And, um, and then once in a while I see... Um, that. I haven't seen Nick in a while, but you know, every once in a while you cross paths, but mostly Heidi I've literally hung out with very recently. Yeah. Right on, I mean, yeah. Where was uh, where was the mall that they filmed? It was like in, I don't even think it was the valley. I think it was somewhere else. It wasn't the valley. The valley mall. <laughs> don't tell anyone. I could be messing you up. Yeah. 
Hey, thank you so much. It's my pleasure, you, you guys. Yeah. Hi, thank it's you good so to meet you guys. Right yeah, thank you. Thanks. Don't forget to tell everybody, follow me on Instagram. Really, you already, I've yeah. already heard your messages. So. Yeah, where, where can where can all our fans find your all your work and yeah. your, your uh, Facebook page? You guys can find me at Instagram, Real EG Daily, Twitter, Real EG Daily, and Facebook. Just make sure it's in a, a real Facebook because there's some fake ones. All right. Thanks, guys. You're busy, thank you. so thank you so much for your time. And uh, she even yeah, grabbed you your wife, Lance, and mm-hmm. and grabbed a selfie with her, huh? She was super yeah, cool. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we were done with the interview, and she said, who's this? Who is this? She said, oh, I'm, j- I'm just with them. She said, get over here, you. <laughs> and then, of course, she did the interview in like four or five different voices. Um, yeah, as, which as was awesome. <laughs> It's impressive to hear him to like hear her talk like that. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. She's got uh, she's got such personality, man. She was. Uh, I had a hard time deciding between the 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 Soska sisters, um, who who were awesome just on their own merits, or, or E.G. Daly, who was just legitimately really cool and down to earth. Yeah, it's uh, I've met a lot of cool people. I'll tell you somebody who I went over and talked with for a little while was. Uh, uh, when we were uh, getting ready to do the Bates Motel stuff, we I spoke a little bit with uh, Nestor Carbonell. Uh, Brian, I'm sure you're real familiar with a lot of his work. Yes, uh, he's uh, uh, the sheriff on Bates Motel, and I believe <laughs> he was also um, he was the mayor, or I might be getting it wrong, but I know he, he was in the Dark Knight movies. He was he was the mayor of Gotham and and those oh. but I, I mainly remember him for his part as one of the others in uh, the show Lost. Yeah, that's, that's right. That is a show I never never got into. It's a great show, man. He's been in a thousand things though, man. That guy, as far as like veteran actors go, man, he was he was kind of on the top of the list there. There were some young and up and comers and stuff, but I mean, he was, uh, you know, that guy's been in more stuff than a lot of those guys combined, right? Um, how was uh Ryan Hurst, Opie? Uh, he was, was kind of one of the bigger dudes there. <laughs> he was pretty buzzed too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was definitely drinking. <laughs> but you know what? On the, during the Bates Motel panel, he was probably the most charismatic. Uh, it, it, like from from word number one, I can't remember what it was. It was really funny. And then every time and there was a lull in the conversation or whatever, he would throw out this punchline, and everything he said was just gold. It was super funny. Mm-hmm. And he seemed really cool in there. But once he got outside of the panel and stuff, he didn't. I don't think he really talked to anybody. It was like just uh, <clears throat> buy my signature, sign, take picture, on to the next one. You know? Yeah, he seemed to keep keep to himself a little bit. My wife was awfully happy to hug up with him and, and get an autograph and everything. That was kind of, I think that was her cool of the convention. <laughs> you think? <laughs> See that way, didn't it? <laughs> she, he was, I remember when security had it, or he was walking with a security guard past everybody and she kind of tried to pounce on him a little bit there. Did you see that, Philip? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he walked right past us. I that we dude gonna... is like huge in real life. Oh, like no he is shit. a big dude, you know. A lot of actors are kind of tiny. That guy's not at all. Right? <laughs> Did you guys get to talk to Freddie Highmore? <laughs> no. <laughs> His line was out the fucking door it's yeah. the whole time. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the deal was. Maybe he was spending ten minutes on each person, and he was really cool. I don't know. 
mm-hmm. um, on the panel, he sounded like uh, just like he does on Bates Motel, except um, slightly more soft spoken and British. So <laughs> he had this very <laughs> high pitched, like calming voice. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, as soon as he started talking, uh, some lady behind us was like, oh, isn't he so cute? <laughs> 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 yeah, when you guys listen to the uh, our Bates Motel episode, you'll he- you'll hear you'll hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, hey, I'll t- I'll tell you I'll tell you somebody who was kind of off the beaten path from what we came to do because I'm not a huge Friday the Thirteenth fan. I know Kevin is, but uh, Deborah Voorhees, one of the uh, actresses that was in Part Five, was just uh-huh. the sweet, absolute sweetest lady uh, in the world, man. I, I must have like mm-hmm. every time I walked past her, she she because I walked to her early and asked if she would give us a soundbite, and she did. And it's like every time I walked past her, she would jump up and wave at me and remembered me. And she's actually the one person I think uh, of, of all the guests that ended up with a horror returns T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> she <laughs> she said, was hey. awesome. She said, "Hey, nice shirt." I said, "Okay, you want one? Cool." Gave her a T-shirt. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, it was definitely shout out to her for sure. Absolutely, okay. yeah. There were a few of them that went above and beyond. Okay, I have to ask. Um, so far, I'm jealous that you of the Soska sisters and E.G. Daily, but yeah. how was it meeting Ric Flair? <laughs> Man, uh, he was he he certainly was walking around a whole lot, um, and he he was very cool, but a little bit closed off, which I, I assume you have to be like that. Uh, but the first time I saw him, I, I, I met him probably 10 fucking times the whole time because he was just walking around everywhere. Uh, was at the bar. And uh, <laughs> I was just going up there to refill on a beer and come back down. And I went up and got a beer and was like, hey, how's it going? Holy shit, you're Ric Flair. <laughs> and I was just want to say, man, big fan. I don't want to bother you. <laughs> he was like, oh, thanks, man. And so went back downstairs, ran into him later in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really say anything to him in the bathroom because what the fuck are you supposed to do there? <laughs> right. But uh, uh, and then yeah, I sat down with him and 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 got a picture. We tried to get a sound bite, but he he wasn't allowed to do that stuff. But he was at least pretty cool about it. Um, Ric Flair was awesome, man. I have a new respect for him. It was kind of like meeting a legend, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who I kept seeing pop up ev- everywhere in that convention. No matter where you turned, uh, it seemed like Udo Kier was there. You know. Yes. <laughs> felt, felt yeah, like was, he was everywhere. <laughs> felt like I had uh, Dracula coming after me or something. You know? <laughs> I think that's just how he is. He's he is everywhere all the time. <laughs> right. He's watching right now. <laughs> Look out, uh, it's Udo. Did you guys see Michael Berryman? Oh yeah, he was he he was everywhere too. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Every time you well, turn he's around, hard to miss, he man. Yeah, he's Michael yeah. Berryman's a creepy looking dude. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he, I would I would imagine he's very noticeable. But we didn't actually get a good conversation with him. Did you guys um, meet uh, Shannon Elizabeth? Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Phillip, you want to take you want to take the floor on this one? Uh, well, if we're gonna go over the story the way it happened, I guess we'll we'll do that. Um, we were kind of just trying to walk up to people and get as many little sound bites for, for you guys as we could, you know? And uh, so normally their answer is, like we said, oh, you know, we're not allowed. The agent stop us before we can get it, whatever. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth, I just walked up to her. She still 
effing gorgeous, by the way, uh, even in her like 40s. Um, so I shook her hand. I was like, hey, I just want to say I'm a big fan. Um, and we're from uh, the Horror Returns podcast. Do you mind if we get a quick sound bite? And she like, she went from this smile when I was shaking her hand <laughs> and like you could see the smile kind of fade. <laughs> and then those lines that are that are starting to form around her face got like real harsh <laughs> and she was like mm, i don't do podcasts <laughs> wow you're a little off no there. worries I don't, I don't think you ever got that far i think hey we're from the horror returns pop and i think at that moment she says when she said we don't i don't do podcasts <laughs> well that's kind of well, you know, i was gonna finish talking i had to finish the sentence so <laughs> And I was kind of thinking, well, that's kind of funny considering how much you've worked with Kevin Smith not to do podcasts, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> to each their own. I'll tell you who the polar opposite of that was. Amanda oh. Amanda Bierce. Um, oh, yeah. Mar- Marcy Darcy for Married with Children. <laughs> like, oh. wow. Yeah, she was Amazing nice. person. Amazing person. She's pretty much everything I've heard, I've heard that, she, that she is. Very approachable. Um, real down to earth. She wanted to just uh, keep visiting, kind of like Nestor was, you know. Yeah, that's really awesome. Uh, you know who else was kind of a dick? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Doyle from the Misfits. No. <laughs> well, I I uh, I assume that's part probably part of his persona. But I actually went up and, and bought a record off of him and had him sign it and got a picture and everything and. Uh, and I was like, hey, man, you mind if we get a quick soundbite for our podcast? And he's like, mm, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, tossed sure. his little marker on the table. I was like, right on. Catch you later. <laughs> he's, I guess he's too punk for that. <laughs> yeah, too punk. Too punk for a, for a fledgling independent little podcast like we are, huh? <laughs> That he probably shouldn't be at a party. Oh, Shannon Elizabeth. You know you know she's gonna be there this weekend. She is. Oh she I know. Is. We should go ask her for another soundbite. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Um It so, wouldn't be funny. She would say the exact same thing and we'd be like, eh, all right. <laughs> so kinda like the, once again we would be singing the song from uh Baron Munchausen. Cut down in my prime. <laughs> <laughs> but that kills you for like 10 minutes because then I'm like, fuck, I don't want to ask the next guy now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but there was always the, ne- the next person. So anyway, um, wrap up. It was a phenomenal experience. We will be back next year. We can't thank Frightmare enough for extending the invitation to us and allowing us to show up as, uh, as, as members of the press and, uh, you know, talk to these people and, and attend these panels. We really appreciate everything. And I mean, these guys know how to put on a good show for sure. Philip, is there any, oh, yeah. any things you want to say before we move on to what we're doing this upcoming weekend? Okay. Well, what, what, did, what did we learn that we can tell our listeners? Uh, most of our listeners, I'm sure, have, have been to these things uh, a thousand times. But what did we learn this year from this one in, in particular uh, that we can take away and use next year to make it better? Um, sneak in your I mean, own beer? Well, <laughs> I wasn't gonna yeah, say that probably wouldn't hurt. I don't, I don't <laughs> think they were checking bags or anything. So, <clears throat> damn, that's a, an amazing idea. We should do that. 
<laughs> well, and especially um, now, now that hey, now that we know the guests can uh, uh, can accept them, you know, hey, why not? Oh yeah, we probably should be saying all this. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> I think it's it's good information, man. And then okay, and then to get the hotel at the Regency, which right. if assuming they have it there again next year, it seems like they do every year. It, you probably got to go like day one, huh? No, I think the uh, I think the key from what I heard from a couple of different people was that you just have to always keep your eyes open because. The the venue's pretty much always the same, but the date changes. Yeah, uh, but you gotta so. you gotta book it like day one, otherwise the regency sold out, huh? Uh, yeah, I think within the first couple of days it would be would be a good idea, you know. Yeah, from what from what we booked know, ours heard. like months in advance, right? And um, what else? What else? Insider information. Um, oh, hit hit hit! Definitely hit the convention early, right? Do what do what we did, and the the stars that you really, really, really want to see, or you really want to get that autograph, go to them first. So whatever, yeah. uh, like if they're only there Saturday and Sunday, make a beeline for their line first thing Saturday. If they're there all weekend, you can be a little bit more casual, but try to show up as as quickly as everything opens Friday as you can. Um, oh, yeah. vendors hit the vendors uh, Friday also because a lot of them are going to sell out a lot of the. For uh, of a lot of the things that you're looking for, so um, definitely. I mean, Friday was kind of like our feeling around day, but it should have been our biggest action day. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Because it was a little crowded, but it was still pretty pretty hopping. Everybody was all high because they had just got there, you know. And and uh, uh, but I mean, like most of the stars were, were more willing to talk to us because they hadn't been beat down by the whole weekend. Yet, you know? <laughs> I guess that's a good way to put it. <laughs> And I mean, so, Sunday's not a terrible day either, just because it's a little bit slower. I feel like because uh, a lot of people have have spent so much time there on Saturday and then went and partied Saturday night. So Sunday morning, I think, is a good time. It, that that just kind of makes for a better, a little better experience. But and the stars are a little more laid back because I think that they're on their way uh, to going home. Although mm-hmm. some of them you may miss them because there was a lot of times true, where they just true. weren't at their booths on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where they were, but they had, like, walked off and found a place to go sit and drink for a little while or something. <laughs> I'd say probably, I mean, we didn't do the VIP party, but probably worth it to buy the tickets to it. Because Keith David, that's another place that I met that guy, because I, I ran into him, like, six times that night. Right. And uh, he was walking right out the VIP party. And tickets aren't that expensive. It's like fifteen bucks or something, right? Okay, so I think some some pretty good advice. Um, but the, at the horror returns, we never rest on our laurels from one week to the next, do we, guys? No, we don't. No. So uh, by the time you hear this show, you'll be a couple of days away from Houston Comic Palooza, and uh, we will also be in attendance there. We're going to be part of the. Uh, Part of the podcast uh, invitee program, or uh, whatever you'd like to call it, uh, there's going to be a number of, of podcasts that are going to be recording there, and we have the fortunate time slot of the very last uh, Saturday time slot. So, if you're going to be in the Houston area, folks, we will be there. We'd love to meet you. We're going to be doing some giveaways, hopefully doing some uh, horror trivia, give you a chance to win some pretty cool horror return shirts and stuff like that. And we'd love to meet each and every one of you that can make it. So. 
This Comic Palooza is going to be May 12th through 14th at the George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, Texas. The uh, day that we're going to be there for sure is going to be the 13th, which is sat not Friday the 13th, but Saturday. And uh, we will be recording live there from 6 to 7 p.m. So come on by and see us. We are going to be in booth number 3319, which uh, if I'm looking at the... bitches. <laughs> that's right. If I'm, if I'm looking at the map here, we're going to be literally in the dead center of the... Uh, Comic Palooza vendor and guest ground, so we're going to have a hell of a good spot. Like the Jeffersons, we're moving <laughs> on up. <laughs> well, we hope to, hope to see as many people as possible, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have a special show for for that as well. But in the meantime, we uh, will still be bringing our regular shows. We are going to be recording, I think, two shows Friday night. Is that right, Brian? I believe so. So I think the first show is going to be, we're finally going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and I believe we're covering, uh, guys? Uh, Howard the Duck. Howard <laughs> the Duck. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Oh, boy. And on. I, don't, I don't know if you guys seen Guardians yet, but have not. I can't not wait to talk about it. I cannot wait to okay. talk about cool. it. I can't wait to talk about it either. I saw a bootleg-ass copy, and I'm like, oh, man, I really want to go see it in the theater. I'm, we're doing it tomorrow. Oh. So well, I'm not, not going to give my review or, or spoilers away or anything, but I recommend you go see it in the theater. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, this is probably one we should see in 3D, yeah? Um, I don't do 3D, but yeah, I think you should. Yeah. I think, I think after so, yeah. after after my viewing, I, I kind of was thinking I probably should have watched it in 3D. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, there's two things Two things we never do here at The Horror Returns. One is talk politics, uh, although Richard Brake did a little, but the other is we don't do bootlegs. Philip, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> I'm still going to go see the movie. I just wanted to see the movie. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Before it came out, man. <laughs> All right, so that's the wrap-up. We're going to now bring you guys the uh, – 30-minute-plus interview with uh, the legendary D. Wallace, and uh, after that, uh, you can just pretend we're you're hearing us say until the horror returns again, good night. Fair enough? Fair enough. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is Richard Brake, who plays Doomhead, and you're listening to The Horror Returns. Stay tuned. <laughs> So now on The Horror Returns, we have a very special interview with the one and only Dee Wallace. Although Dee may be most recognizable for roles such as Lynn Wood in The Hills Have Eyes, Donna Trenton in Cujo, and of course, who could forget Elliot's mom in E.T., you may be surprised how many projects she has going on at any given time. Dee has several films in varying stages of production and is the author of several books, she even has time to run a radio talk show and an ongoing program called Conscious Creation. Dee, thanks for joining us today. It's uh, You know, it's not every day we get to speak with an actual icon. Oh, aren't you sweet? Happy to be here, guys. Well, we appreciate your time. Um, so, Dee, what are, your, uh, what are your earliest memories of what inspired you to get into acting as a line of work? I mean, like, who really kind of inspired you or what inspired you to go down that path? Oh, my mother for sure. She was um, a secretary, but in her spare time, she would perform in community plays and 
um, write and direct um, the religious plays at our church. And I remember when I was about eight years old, sitting in the sanctuary, packed to the gills. People had come from four different states to see my mother perform what we now would call a monologue, but uh, they called them readings, dramatic readings uh, uh, on the crucifixion. And people everywhere around me were bawling, and I remember sitting there and thinking, I want to do this. I want to move people like my mommy. It's quite wow. an And that was really, impact. yeah, um, I mean, you know, she, we were very poor, and, and my mom was so creative, and my dad, so they um, they bartered what they could uh, f- services from them to get me uh, elocution lessons and modeling lessons. So at a very, very early age, I was out modeling and doing some commercials and, you know, locally in Kansas City. So I not only was born with a bug, but I chose a family that really wanted to encourage that. And, um, yeah, I've just kind of followed it. I, I really thought originally I was going to be a dancer, but I just, I'm kind of built like a gymnast and I wanted to be a ballet dancer. Um, I was soloist with a couple of companies, small companies in Kansas City. Um, but ultimately I was destined to, uh, be an actress. So here I am. Well, since you brought up the the ballet background, I wanted to ask you: Have you had an opportunity to see uh, Aronofsky's film, The Black Swan? Oh yes. So would you fabulous? Would you say that's a fairly accurate portrayal of how brutal the uh, industry can be? You know, I I think life can be brutal if you have the perspective on it. Um. And if you don't love yourself enough to, you know, stand up for yourself. And she was a pretty good example of what I do in my healing work, actually. She she just didn't take care of herself. She didn't honor herself. She didn't love herself. And when when we treat ourselves that way, then any negative energy can get in and mess with us. Well, you know, you've always you've always had that all American girl next door quality. I think from the first I know first roles we've seen you in, <laughs> it it's don't you think it kind of seems to be a quality of all the best scream queens? I mean, what do you, what do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think that that's the case? Well, because if you're a scream a, a scream queen, you have to be in jeopardy. You know, you have something's got to make you scream <laughs> and you've got to be running away from something or into something or visualizing something that you're scared to death of. And that takes vulnerability that takes an actor, male or female, that can um, cross over and trust themselves enough to mm-hmm. go to that place where, you know, I mean, I actually believe there were well werewolves in the howling that's my job mm-hmm. as an actor i actually believe that the one dog of cujo that was played by 13 different dogs all trained to go after toys was actually a rabid monster coming at me as soon as they said action that's my job and um 
you know, I'm pretty proud, really, to own the title of Scream Queen because it takes a lot, takes a lot of emotional endurance and it takes a lot of trust to tap into all those dark places inside yourself and then go home and be balanced and have dinner with your family. (laughs) Yeah, you got to pull the audience into it and you, you probably do that better than most. Well, thank you. I mean, if I don't, I'm not doing my job for sure. <laughs> Philip, I think you you were you had some questions about some uh, some projects that she's worked on that you were really interested in, right? Uh, yeah, it, it looks like you've ro- worked with Rob Zombie in uh, quite a few films. Um, ironically, Thirty One wasn't one of them, uh, which kind of puts you in the minority on the guest list of the Texas Primary Weekend. Uh, what was it like to work with him? I, was was he kind of a scary guy, or was he really nice? Oh no, he's so sweet. He's sweet yeah. and yeah, and quiet and available, and loves actors, and we love him. And uh, yeah, he's just incredibly creative. And um, I remember when we were doing Halloween, and we were sitting there talking and uh, I said so Rob what's your favorite film and he went Little Miss Sunshine <laughs> and I said don't tell anybody don't tell anybody it'll wreck your, your image dude but you know he and Sherry are just a beautiful couple they love each other to death she brings him his vitamins and his health food shake every morning and they're just they're cool you know they're just um cool and creative and and um, not egotistical at all and just really great to work with that's fun what who would be i know you've worked for you know a, a variety of different directors and and actors and everything but uh uh, I, from you know Spielberg to to Rob Zombie to some some little horror movie actors and stuff. Who who was your favorite director to work for? You know I get asked that all the time and I seriously cannot answer it because I've had too many greats and I've loved them all for different reasons. You know, yeah. but I can tell you the one thing that all the great directors have in common that I've worked with is that they trust. They trust their actors and their egos are in check and they want you to bring in your ideas. They want you to create with them, you know, in a collaborative form. It's a lot of the, you know, I, I do some smaller films because I like to help young filmmakers if I think they have some talent uh, Mm -hmm. to get started. And um, I find that a lot of times, you know, they want to micromanage you so much because they don't understand that when everybody brings their ideas, the, the writer, the cinematographer, the actors, and of course their vision, you know, that's when you get the magic. Almost every major director that I've worked with has seen something that's going on with me or something that's happening with the character and added a scene or lengthened the scene or uh, 
um, found a way to expand a story point because of what was happening to me and because they saw the value in it. And you can't be too, these are the shots and that's what I'm going to do and that's the only way I'm going to shoot it and this is exactly what they have to say in the dialogue. And you can't be too rigid like that and expect that amazing magic to happen. Are are there any uh, like projects that really stand out or, or that you're most proud of or maybe you oh, even had sure. the most fun doing? Well, not the most fun doing, but Cujo is my favorite <laughs> film. Um, ah, just I had a 150-pound Rottweiler at home, and he was great. And, and my wife hated him at, at first until she got to know him. But because of that movie, that scarred her so bad. <laughs> well, you tell her that all those dogs were trained to go after toys. And on action, the director, Louis Teague, and the trainer uh, would go, dig, dig for that toy. And so they would start barking and clawing and digging, but it was all a game to them. So we had to tie their tails down with fish wire. So you couldn't see him wag their So maybe that will. And let me tell you, the dogs were much better taken care of than I was. Their trainers even slept in the barn with them. And there were so many of them because we didn't want to overwork them. Oh, that makes sense. Hey, D, I know, well, I know, we're, I know we're a horror podcast, but I've got to bring this up. Okay, uh, I know you, I know you're going to hate hearing this question. Uh, but it's an ET question. Can we can we go with it? Well, I'll let you know after you flip and ask me. <laughs> right. Well, let me give let me tell you a little story first. When my oldest daughter was about two years old, she was really really sick and bad and just miserable. And my wife brought her home a stuffed ET, and it was like almost like a healing amulet. You know, it brightened her up right away. And I yeah. remember she got she got better almost immediately. I mean, you you do realize what that film means to so many people, right? I absolutely do. I have miraculous stories like that. One mom came to my table crying. Um, Her son was autistic. She had never heard him speak a word. And when she took him to see the re-release of E.T. on the way home, he started saying every line E.T. said. Oh, my God. Now, that's a miracle. No kidding. that, That film transcends something. And it hits us in our hearts, and it reminds us of what the truth is. And the truth is, if you keep your heart open, right, and you know what you want, you can always get back home to who you are. And it's a message that, you know, Peter Pan has. It's the message that Wizard of Oz has. You had the power all along, Dorothy. You know, those films that last forever in our hearts reach our hearts because the the statement that they're making is a truthful statement. Are there any other uh, roles outside the horror genre that have been particularly special to you, like your more poignant memories of roles that have had a real effect on you as a person, you know, outside oh, yeah. the genre? Well, of course, E.T. I mean, that sure. goes without saying. and. Yeah. um I have a beautiful film on the festival circuit right now that's winning all kinds of awards called Charlie's Gift. 
And it's a beautiful story. They aged me to 80 years old. And um, it's a beautiful story about this woman on her first airplane flight. Her husband has died just died a couple of months earlier. And, and she gets into telling the story of this beloved man that she's been with for so long. And um, it's just... It's an absolutely perfect piece. It's it's warm and snuggly and just absolutely perfect. This little piece, and um, you know, I, another thing that stands out for me is uh, a movie of the week I did called The Texas Cadet Murders. Oh my! And never heard of that uh, one. <laughs> um, I have a five-minute scene where I have to receive the news that my daughter's just been found murdered. And it's some of the best uh, film acting I've ever done. Ten. Ten certainly, you know, that's a comedy. But Mm -hmm. I I loved Mary Lewis. I loved, that was a little diamond of a part. So, yeah, there's lots of things I've, I've done out of the horror genre, you know, that, that I'm hold kind of sacred in my heart. Well, the first role that I remember seeing you in, you know, the big one was the Hills have eyes. I'm sure that was a lot of fun to, to film that movie. No, it was not fun (laughs) to film that. No, we, we had to drive to the Mojave desert, which was, I think three miles within the amount of time that, that they didn't have to pay you to drive there. So it was way the hell far away. Right. All the actors stayed in one trailer and the toilet would back up and we were dying of the heat during the day and freezing our butts off at night. It was not a fun, no, (laughs) not fun. Look, movies are a lot of work. Okay. I think. It sounds like it. I mean, when you when you have fun is when it comes out and it's well received and people love it and you know, but most movies are a lot of hard work and um, tiring and waiting a lot of waiting. I think I was on the set of ET three and a half weeks at one time before I ever walked on a set. I was ready to kill somebody. <laughs> Just hanging out in the trailer. An actor is like a racehorse. You pick them up, and they go, oh, I'm going to run the race. I'm going to run the race. And then you groom them, and you put your, the saddle on us, right? You throw us through costumes and makeup, and we're going, I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to act. I'm going to act. And then you sit there for three and a half weeks, and you just want to kill somebody. <laughs> you know? <laughs> going so, through makeup every day? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. I get there, and... Going to make up and get in wardrobe and and sit there. I finished an entire needlepoint pillow while I was shooting ED. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that's that's tension. There's a lot of hurry so, up and wait. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I mean, I think it was Jason Robards that said they don't pay me to act; they pay me to wait. There you go. Yeah. That that's a good and quote. It, <laughs> It's really it's true. 
Because, <laughs> you know, actors, we'd act for nothing most of the time if it's a good part. Hey, hey, Dee, a, cup, a couple of uh, weeks, well, I guess it was about a month and a half ago, we reviewed The Stepford Wives, and I had completely forgotten you were in that. I, I was actually kind well, of Well, I don't know why. I only have, like, two lines. I don't know why you'd forget <laughs> I was in it. Well, let, let me ask you this. Go, um, start starting to move more into the modern day with our questions for you. How do you think, how would you say working in the industry has changed since those early days? Are there, like, are there more opportunities for women? Do you see more freedom now for actors to choose the roles they actually want to play? Uh, no. Oh, uh, man. Yes, I think there's more roles for women because there's more roles for everybody. Mm-hmm. But then again, half of, a, of the world doesn't even know what's on anymore. You know, I, sure. for example... I have a series on Amazon Prime right now called Just Add Magic. You guys ever hear of it? No, but it's about little witches, right? Well, no, not exactly. No. Okay. Well, there you it's have It's about a magic cookbook, and it's a family show. But, okay. I mean, you know, literally, I watch the Emmys now, and I'm going, what the hell is that show? <laughs> I mean, there's just so much on there. and. Yeah. I think what I find um, the biggest change in the industry is a lack of respect for actors. I mean, I'm going in to read this afternoon for something that, you know, 15 years ago they would have called and said, well, Dee Wallace, please do this. Can we get her? Mm -hmm. But now everybody reads for everything. Right. Wow. You know, the writers are the producers, and they don't really want to hear much from you on TV anyway. And, um, you know, it's the pay, a lot more roles to do, a lot more projects out there. The pay's a lot less. Mm-hmm. You don't get residuals. I mean, all this new media stuff, SAG, I think, just sold us down the river. Really? Yep, I do. Wow, I wouldn't have expected that answer. Well, you're, I, you know, you got 230 acting credits on IMDb, but you've also got some producer credits uh, as well. I mean, are are those? Is that like a, uh, like a passion project, or is? Oh, how did well, you call on it, that? You know, uh, for example, one of the films I have coming out that's just awesome is called Red Christmas. Everybody look for it if you're a horror fan because you're going to love this movie. Absolutely. And I went to Australia uh, to do it, and they were so appreciative of my work and my time and everything that um, the director, producer, writer, out of, out of appreciation, gave me a producer credit. Oh. I didn't ask Interesting. for it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Which... <laughs> Which, yeah, is the other side of see how respected you can be. Um, but no, I the last thing I would really want to do, unless I'm doing something for myself or my daughter, um, is to produce. Because I, I, I don't have a lot of tact when it comes to uh, assholes in the business. And That's I don't a have a lot That's of good quality. <laughs> you know, I I don't have a lot of tact when somebody looks at you and goes, "Well, they need to take their clothes off at least three times because 
Europe will, it'll be an easier sell in Europe when I'm doing a family film and I'm trying to talk about consciousness. You know, it's right. so, yeah, uh, I produce plays and I've really enjoyed doing that. I've directed plays, really enjoyed doing that. But, you know, directors in television, not so much in film, but in television now, directors stand there and, and wait for the producer writers to tell them what they want to do, and then they come and direct us. It's crazy. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so crazy. actress would be your definitive choice if you had one? Um, oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. In, in the business? Yeah. yeah. I mean... Uh, you know, would I like to direct something that I had complete control over? Maybe. If I could work with really good, talented people that I could depend on. But to go into um, a project for a studio or anybody like Amazon or Netflix, you couldn't pay me enough, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's insider information right there. That's good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I'll probably get back backlash for it, but <laughs> I don't think uh, so. Honestly, that's that's my experience right now. Well, we we've noticed you've certainly got a lot of like like Philip was saying, you get an awful lot of credits and a lot of things that you're uh, that you got planned out for the next year or two. Are there any films coming up that you can actually talk about, or you can kind of yeah, I can about, talk about Red. Get excited. I can talk about Red Christmas, and I can talk about Deaf House. Deaf House, um, hopefully they're going to announce distribution any day. Um, you know, it's it's a movie with a lot of big icon horror icons. Kane Hodder's in it, Sid Haig, um, myself. There's lots and lots yeah. of horror names. We watched the preview uh, for there. that. And then in Red Christmas is a Christmas horror film. Uh, it's gotten really great reviews. And um, it also deals with social issues, believe it or not. So I'm really excited about both of those and what my fans are going to think. And uh, I'm going back for 10 more shows on Just Add Magic uh, pretty soon. I'm in, in talks with another film, uh, that should go before I go back into Just Add Magic. So, lot, you know, lots of stuff going on. Well, outside of acting, what are, what are your passions right now? I mean, are there any organizations, charities that mean a whole lot to you personally that hit close to home? Anything that you want to Yeah, I about? always uh, donate to animal charities. I donate to Save the Children, and I donate to the tree people because especially in California we have so many um, fires and everything. And my, you know, I have a whole healing practice. I do private sessions and help people every day all across the world. Got my radio show on Sunday mornings. And my little passion project of my teddy bear, which is based in brain science, and its sole purpose is to teach children to build brain synapses around loving themselves and thinking they're awesome. So I'm, you, awesome. you know, I got a lot of balls in the air, and I love them all. <laughs> and that's, that's the way I like it. I would get so unbelievably bored 
if I wasn't juggling a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, that was actually one of the things that we were going to we were going to ask you if you had a number of Stepford wives built that you had running around or something cuz we couldn't figure <laughs> out I mean between look, your writing, your radio show, every, every program that you're in, all your acting, everything you got coming up. I mean, how in the world it, it sounds trite, I know, but how in the world do you have time for it all? Seriously, there's well, multiple you know, you've, every year. You uh, you stay in the moment and you love what you do. Mhm. And um and I have a rule for myself because I teach self-love that whenever I feel like I'm getting too tired or too overwhelmed, I back off. I, I um, either put things off and postpone them or I don't take something else on. Uh, it's, it's really, really important in this day and age when there's so much fear in our society and so much unknown and we're kind of all living in fight or flight guys. And you yeah. have to be aware of that. Um, our adrenals, uh, our adrenal system is really, really taxed right now. Mm-hmm. And it's really important for you to love yourself, honor yourself and take care of yourself. Absolutely. Well, do you have any advice for any of our uh, listeners that are having trouble balancing all that and can't figure out, how they can do everything that they that they hope and dream to do? Well, yeah, don't take action out of guilt, ever. Take, drop into your heart center, and yes, you everybody knows where that is, so don't go into, well, how do you do that? <laughs> um, just drop into your heart center and go, wow, does this make me happy? And if it doesn't make you happy, don't do it. Walk away. Wow. And one of the best ways to get yourself balanced is to just start laughing. <laughs> and I have people all the time say, well, I can't laugh if there's nothing to laugh about. Well, sure you can. Actors do it all the time. You just have to choose to. And I mean, just start laughing <laughs> just for no reason. Just because your brain can't hold on to, I feel crappy while you're laughing. It's not possible. <laughs> Doesn't happen. That's fair. <laughs> You're changing the way my whole outlook is on life right now, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> because, you know, life's too long, guys. So why not enjoy it and have fun and love who we are while we're on the journey and embodiment, you know? Absolutely. Life's just too long to li- live it any other way. Life is too long. I love it. I've never heard it put that way, but that adds a whole new dimension to the whole way people think about it, doesn't it? Truly. I don't want to spend 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years feeling shitty. That's true. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> What's the myself? point? And, you, know? You, know, you know what, D? I know that with your, uh, your ballet background and everything, I, kn- I know you stay physically active. I do. I take care of myself because I love who I am. Yep. You know, and we're all taught not to love ourselves, that that's somehow God's not going to like us if we like us. You know, work harder than we should. Don't uh, acknowledge the greatness of who we are and what we've accomplished and what we can accomplish. You know, all those all those stories and teachings that have been passed down for so long. You know, guys, they just didn't get it right. But you can. We, we can all choose uh, 
a different way right now. But you got to go, you know, I love them anyway, and that ain't working for me anymore. Motivational speaking. I like it. <laughs> what about a conscious creation? Uh, what, what's that all about? So what, what, what can you tell us about it? Well, just look at the name, conscious creation. Uh, we're creating every day of our lives. We start creating when we get up and when we start thinking and we create a breakfast, and we create a walk or a run if we do that. Um, We create our thoughts, but usually not consciously, so that I'm just going to think the same thought I've been thinking for the last 20 years and expect my life to change. I'm here to tell you it ain't going to happen. You know, you have to be, if you want money, and you want to make more money, you better be conscious of what you think about money. Because the thoughts that you think all the time are literally cells communicating, right? So if you want more money, you do everything you can to love money, which is, of course, what we're not taught to do. Right. But... You know, when I go speak, I throw a bunch of money um, on the floor and I go, now, I know that money is the root of all evil and, you know, I name off five or six different beliefs and I go, so I want you to watch that money. Watch all the bad shit it does in the next two hours while I'm talking. So you keep your eyes on that money because the money's bad. I mean, you know, you can get people to laugh at it. You can get them to see how absurd it is that money has any kind of energy itself as far as a thinking process goes. And it's what we do with the money, right? Right. So that's so true. That's what I mean by start living consciously. Look at your old stories that aren't working for you anymore. Look at your thought patterns that are probably keeping you focused on what you don't want instead of what you do want. Right. Live consciously. How am I feeling so I right now? You know, how am I feeling yeah. right now? Well, David, my Baptist preacher came out there for a minute. Sorry. That was great. <laughs> well, we really, I mean, we want to thank you for coming on the show. We've had, we've had you a little longer than we said we would. I, I hope, hope that's okay with you. Um, is there is there well, anything else? You know, that... I create my own life, and I chose to stay here with you. So there you go. Oh, I would thanks. like to invite everybody to come visit my website at i am a m i am d wallace dot com, and my radio show connection is on there. You, there's a lot of free offerings on there about conscious creation. The, my little teddy bears on there. If you want to give your child a, a gift that's going to last for the rest of their lives go get one of these little teddy bears you can read all about it online and the radio is uh sunday mornings at 9 a.m pacific time 9 a.m pacific time absolutely now this weekend i'll be at texas frightmares and i want to invite everybody to come down and see me I have oh, we'll amazing, amazing pictures, beautiful art on my table, posters, 
um, handmade figurines of the werewolves and Cujo and critters and um, and I've got great hugs too. So <laughs> some T-shirts. I mean, oh, that'll be if great. You've never My been to Texas Frightmares, guys. You've got to come because it is one of the most unbelievable shows in the world. I've done them oh. all. Yeah, my sister's birthday is this weekend. I'm going to find a present for her there, probably from your table. You got it, baby. I will yeah, sign it with love and say happy birthday. Yeah, we, awesome. we've, we've never been, Dee. We're, we're Texas Frightmare Virgins, but you've, you've been before, huh? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. You'll, you'll be unbelievably happy that you came. There's nothing to disappoint you in this in this convention there's something oh, for I'm everybody almost excited about uh, almost as excited about this as i was about this interview oh you're so sweet <laughs> well i'll see you there boys okay absolutely yeah we'll see you there and i, and I i've got a feeling that your name's going to come up on our show again in about two weeks because we're going to do a uh, greatest squeam queens episode oh so i'm so sure I'll we're gonna miss, i'll be I'll be in your consciousness again there. Absolutely. And we, I mean, we really can't thank you enough for joining us. We do appreciate it. You bet, guys. You bet. Hey, you're doing what you love, and that's what I, <laughs> that's what I teach. So good for you. 